podcast, we will be discussing Liverpool's massive win against Man United. And we will also be talking about the Serie A season and how the league is shaping up. At the end of the podcast, Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be discussing the result of the Premier League fixture between Liverpool and Man United. So on Sunday, Liverpool defeated rivals Man United 7-0. This was Man United's worst defeat since Boxing Day 1931. So Pierce, Salvo, what were your thoughts about the result and also the match? Ah, you can go, Pierce. All right, yeah, yeah. Well, I th- I think it was pretty much a shock to the system. I don't think anyone would have called that before the game, considering the the form that Manchester United been in. In the previous weekend, they won the the Carabao Cup against Newcastle, um, and obviously at half time it was one 0 to Liverpool, and Man United were pretty much in the game, but the second half the the capitulation. I don't think anyone would have seen that. Uh, defensively, they're all over the place. I think a lot of the players chucked in the towel and a lot of the players that have done that under previous management regime are still there. And that's also an issue that they still have. But uh, Liverpool did look back to their, their blistering best. And um, some notable performances in the midfield, Fabinho and Henderson uh, kind of bossed it. And they got the better of the guy they've been calling the Messiah, which is uh, Carlos Enrique Casemiro, who was Absolutely shambolic. What about yourself, Salvo? What was your thoughts? I watched the game and I thought for the first 20 minutes, uh, Liverpool attacked very well. And uh, Robertson, I think, was one of the best there. Uh, for 20 minutes, he had an absolute nightmare, the Manchester United defence. And first half, one no. So I think it was quite there. So it could be maybe a comeback, especially for like the momentum that Manchester United had since they had that thing with Ronaldo because they were unbeaten since then. Uh, but then the second half, like they conceded six goals. I don't know what happened. Uh, Liverpool, they were too too strong in any part of of the field in the stands because Anfield Road was uh, absolutely roaring, bouncing and it was like Amden when Scotland played and it was it was totally totally different from like the second half until the end and then when Gakpo scored the opener and then the first half was 1-0 but then like Salah Firmino. It was an incredible game and uh, I don't know what will happen now with Tenag. I, do, I still do believe that he's a great manager. Uh, he won the Carabao Cup against Newcastle, as Pierce mentioned uh, before. But I want to be honest, after like the 7 0, this could be a humiliation for Manchester United uh, for their fans. Sir Alex Ferguson was in the stands too and wasn't pleased for what I've seen. But Tomorrow is a great is a compulsory game to win for Manchester United in Europa League against Real Betis. If they don't win tomorrow, uh, I think it will be it will be tough until the end of the season for Manchester United uh, because like mentally after a seven 0 it's not easy to to recover. The pressure is on you. Um, the media, uh, TVs. I don't know if you've seen like last night even if it was Champions League, but Jamie Carragher holding like a 7-up 
and uh, mocking like Peter Schmeichel, <laughs> for example. It's not easy for for the media. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. But I think that um, Tenag has the capability and the skills to pass this moment and to basically try to be there until the end of the season. Because like, let's be honest, 13 points uh, behind Arsenal, they are flying this season. But uh, Tottenham are four points behind and the Liverpool are like seven points behind, something about that. So it's going to be a tough race for the Champions League spot. And uh, you don't know what, what will happen until um, until the end of the season. But Manchester United, I think they will win comfortably against uh, Betis uh, tomorrow. And then I think against Southampton on Saturday, I think this one could, like, what happened? The 7 no, it could have been just one case scenario, one game, everything like went bad. Like Liverpool, they were too much, and that's it. But if they don't win against Betis, maybe they lose, or they would be, it would be a tough pill to digest for Manchester United, the supporters, and Eric Tenak too. Yep. So, Pierce, I was going to ask you about um, the fact that Man United, after such a heavy defeat, do you think they, do you think they should be worried about that result, considering the, the heavy scoreline? Do you think that could affect their season? Um, I, I, I definitely think it can be a factor, um, because as you know, like Manchester United have been on a fantastic run, and that's all due down to winning, and that winning breeds confidence. And with a 7-0 defeat, a lot of players will be questioning themselves because 7-0 is not a scoreline that happens every week. That's a, that's like kind of Sunday league kind of boys, boys club level football. Somebody defending was shambolic as a team collectively. Um, and obviously they never scored, never really created much. And obviously every one of the players will be down in that dressing room. And they, like Salvo says, they want to bounce back to Betis. If they beat Betis, that can give them that confidence back to try to get back to winning ways. But um, a 7-0 against your greatest rivals as well, it is humiliating and it, it can maybe take a toll on mentally on the players. Yeah, I was going to ask about um, Mohamed Salah. So he scored two goals in this match to become Liverpool's all-time top Premier League scorer. Uh, so I was just going to ask both of you, what do you make of this? And do you think Salah is an all-time Premier League great. Therefore is. Therefore is. Uh, to be fair, the Egyptian king. But I think as Salah, you need to uh, you need to study uh, his career. Uh, of course, like he started in, in Egypt, then he went to Basel, and from Basel he went to Fiorentina. Of course, as an Italian, I, I studied him in Fiorentina and Roma, and the guy was unbelievable in Fiorentina and Roma. Um, even though he wasn't like a great goal scorer, but he made tons of assists at Fiorentina and Roma. I still do remember uh, one game in Europa League back in 2013-14, that season. Fiorentina... Uh, one against uh, Juventus in Turin and Sala was playing for Fiorentina and he scored a solo goal and that one was an unbelievable incredible and do remember Antonio Conte which is now the Tottenham manager at that time was the Juventus manager said this guy this guy is something different uh, and then I do remember Roma 
signed them and uh, they reached the semi-final of Champions League uh, that, that year and Salah went to Liverpool exactly that year and then scored the winning goals against Roma, so the former older for club. And that was a quite shock for uh, for the Roma, but Salah for the Roma fans and for the Roma, whatever. But Salah has been great since like 10 years. I still, I still do think that. And I do believe that he's one of the best uh, players that they touched the Premier League stadiums and uh, he played there. I think it could have been better. It could have been better. Uh, he's not that old as well. I didn't remember how old is he, but I think he's 31, 32, something like that. But, yeah, I think he's 31, yeah. Yeah, so he could he could play for another three, four, five season at the top level. I think it has to be it has to be there. And uh, it's well with Egypt. It's not easy uh, to play with Egypt. And to be fair, uh, like it was in in the African Cup. It's not. I think as underrated. I want to be honest with you. Uh, he does everything perfectly. Uh, he scores, he made assists, is uh, a is a leader in, in the dressing room. So yeah, I think to answer to your question, is one of the greatest in the Premier League history since nineteen nineties when the Premier League starts started. Yes, what about you? Do you think Salah's an all time Premier League great? I, I've got to agree. I think he is. Um... Like Salvo said, I did watch him when he was in the Serie A for Fiorentina and Roma. Um, but I did obviously notice him when he was at Basel, when he was in that team with Shaqiri that knocked out Manchester United in the Champions League group stages. Um, so I kind of always kept an eye on him. I never say I watched him every week, but you seen him then. He was a skillful dribbler, but he's, he's shooting had a lot to be desired. And he went to Chelsea, didn't work out, went to Fiorentina and then Roma, where he really polished his trade. Um, and since he's been to Liverpool, he's been an absolute killer in the box. He does not miss it. Like, in terms of his dribbling, he's still got the technical ability to dribble, but now he's kind of more like an inside foot. Basically, when Ronaldo went to Real Madrid for Manchester United, stick killer instinct, big moments in big games, he scores big goals, creates great assists, and for me, he's been crucial to the way Liverpool play, and you've seen the drop-off when losing somebody like Sadio Mane, and he's kind of, if you lose someone like him, Liverpool, they'll be regretting it as well because how, how good a player and vital he is to the way they play. And to score 129 Premier League goals, is it? Yeah. yeah. Nah, nah, for me, he's a Premier League great. Yeah. It has to, he has to be there, uh, Thomas. I don't think you could argue that he's not one of the, of the greatest uh Especially for how football works nowadays, you know, I mean, the speed, the tactics, everything improved since like 30 years ago. So, he's one of the best. Uh, and to be, and to be a Liverpool legend is not easy because you know, like, honestly, there are lots of players that they won that jersey and they made history. But Salah has to be there, 100. percent I think that even even the best recognize Salah is one of the best. Uh, you cannot be like 100% a Liverpool supporter, but even Chelsea, even Manchester United, they can understand that Salah has to be there. I think as 
in this 10 years of Premier League, like except Ronaldo and maybe Hazard is there. You know what I mean? Like as a as a football player, no one is better than was better and is better than Salah just now. Uh, I think just as far as I remember, Cristiano Ronaldo and maybe Hazard, even though Hazard had a different career because with Lille than Chelsea, yeah, he won Champions League as well. Like he won Europa League. Yeah, but Salah won Champions League. He won Premier League after 30 years. He was top, top scorer. I think that just Cristiano Ronaldo is better than Salah uh, in this, over these years in the Premier League. And I would put Salah ahead of Hazard in terms of his career. And uh, but personally, technically, I do prefer Hazard because he's, he's a, like Hazard ball on his feet was a magician. But now, as you can see, Real Madrid is not performing as good as he was performing at Chelsea. Salah since Basel, uh, like yeah, he had uh, a bad move. Chelsea, but then Fiorentina, Roma, and Liverpool is always there and is always improving years by years. So he's one of the greatest. Yeah, no, I totally agree with both of you. So um, we will now move on to the review of the Serie A. So Salvo, I was going to ask your thoughts about the Serie A this season. Have you enjoyed? What no. You've watched? I want to be honest, no. Uh, I think the World Cup during December, like in December time last year, uh, it was, I think it was a killer for the Italia Serie A momentum, but for any, I think, championship, premiership, whatever, but especially for Serie A, as you can see now, Napoli are 15 points ahead of Inter Milan, um, there are like lots of games they, like, they were unbeatable they lost last week against Lazio one no they yesterday lost against a home against the AZ Alkmaar in Conference League so as you can see it's a crazy football <laughs> experience but no uh, if I want to be honest I, I'm not enjoying the Serie A I think the quality uh, every year uh, is getting worse and worse and worse who uh, Serie A are losing the best football uh, players since Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I think that we are now like a proper champ, a proper, you know, a proper hero, football hero, like champion. Uh, I do believe that is plenty of average player, uh, which for the media are the best one. Uh, for example, Lukaku, uh, like when he came back from Chelsea, now he's on loan, uh, Inter Milan, but he's on the bench. Let's be honest, let's be real. Dzeko, which is 37 years old, is playing. Uh, Lautaro, which he won yesterday World Cup, but was benched by Julian Alvarez, which is benched by uh, Holland and Manchester City. So I do believe that um, like since Cristiano Ronaldo left, uh, I'm not enjoying anymore as before. Uh, there are not like Top top football players. I think Leao is still overrated. We will see it today, but they, we offer, they offer him like eight, nine millions new contract uh, per year. I think they're totally not worth it because let's be honest, he still is there since like four years ago. And maybe like last year, yeah, he had that great. He had a great run. Like he won the Scudetto, uh, one point ahead of Inter Milan. Yes, but it's not enough. You need to prove you are one of the best, especially in uh, Champions League in Europe. And Leao 
to be fair, he didn't just now. I think uh, uh, Jacko, even if he's 37 years old, proved better than Leao because he won everything with like he won everything with Weder Bremer, which is not easy to win like uh, in Germany against Bayern Munich or like Dortmund, and he won a title with Grafici into, back in 2009. He won everything, like not the Champions League, but with uh, Manchester City. He reached the semi-final, I guess, Champions League semi-final with Roma against Liverpool. And it was like almost there to reach the final. And he's doing very well with uh, like with uh, Inter Milan. And he won a couple of trophies. It was like Coppa Italia and he won a Super Italian Cup. He didn't win the Scudetto yet. But to be fair, I do believe that now in Serie A, the best players are not there. Uh, if they are like the only, I think the only football players that capture my 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 attention is Di Maria, uh, but he's thirty six, almost thirty seven years old. He won everything, yeah, but how many years he could play? Could uh, could he play there more? So I'm not enjoying. I'm not enjoying this Liga Serie A, even though I want to be totally honest. That Napoli are flying with Luciano Spalletti. Unbelievable! They lost just two games, thirteen games to go. Uh, one against Inter Milan in the first game of 2023 in San Siro, and Jacko uh, scored. <laughs> so what no? And one last time with Vecino, which is a former Inter Milan football player, and now is a Lazio. But no, in terms of uh, in terms of quality, uh, I want to be honest with you. I do prefer watching the, the Premier League. Uh, the quality in Serie A is very bad. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, tactics maybe in Europe. They won all the Italians won the first leg. Uh, but then, as you can see, like last night, when the, the attention is going, is dropping a wee bit and the level is going a wee bit up, Lazio lost home against AZ Alkmaar, which are third in, the, in, in Holland, I think. So it's. I think that is a overrated champions. Um, so mm. I think now in terms of uh, quality and players brought in, I think they're fourth or third in Europe. Premier League, of course, but even Ligan, I think, are better because like, let's see Nance with the new uh, the new coach that uh, is a great guy. Uh, the Lansbury, like is unbeaten since like 10 games. Uh, let's see, even in, we had an Italian uh, Marseille, Tudor, uh, Marseille are doing very well, like PSG with lots of like, of course, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Donnarumma, yeah, great, but the quality is there. You can see the quality, you know, and also yeah. be honest, like even if I'm Italian, but for two years in a row, Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup. Uh, and the last time happened 57, 58 years ago in Sweden. You know what I mean? When Brazil won. Uh, it's a shame. It's the, only, the only player that I think in Italy could be recognized as one of the best uh, is, still, is still Donnarumma, which is 24, but he's a, he's a goalkeeper. You know, we don't have strikers. Today, Mancini, the, the Italian... The Italian coach said it's a problem for us in Italy because we don't have strikers and he has to call up. He had to call up Insigne, which is playing in MLS in America, you know, in Toronto. 
because there are no strikers. There are no Italian strikers. The only Italian strikers that we have maybe is Kamaka, but he's on the bench at West Ham. You know what I mean? So how could I? I could enjoy Italian Serie A. No, I want to be mm-hmm. honest. No, I didn't. Um, I was wanting to ask about uh, Juventus. So back in January, they were deducted points uh, from their season. Could you explain? Yeah. Why this happened? But for what I've known, uh, there were like some financial irregularities. Uh, so they were docked 15 points. For what I've known as well, uh, maybe they could give them these points back because um, there was a, t- a total disaster with the Italian governing body, which is called FIGC, Federazione Italiana Gioco Calcio with Juventus. We need to we need to be very technical there. That, like if we need to go into details, and I don't have enough uh, information to be that technical. But for what I can I can tell you guys is that maybe they can give these uh, points back. And um, at that time, who made these regularities uh, was Paratici, which is now the CEO of Tottenham uh, for uh, wrongdoings and stuff, but. Like Tottenham, uh, like Paratici Tottenham is is doing well, I think. And with Juventus, it was a massive blow. Uh, the CEO stepped back, and the property decided to sack a lot of people on the board. So now there is a total new board. There is a new um, a new CEO. Andrea Agnelli was the CEO of Juventus, which won nine Scudettos in a row. And they reached two finals, Champions League finals in three years. Lost against Barcelona of MSN, Messi, Suarez and Neymar. And won against Cristiano Ronaldo, Bale and Benzema. So with two of the maybe greatest like uh, uh, teams, uh, European teams in, in the history, because at that time they were unbeatable. So Yada. A great, a great run. He won everything in Italia, in Italy. Sorry, uh, he didn't win maybe in Europe, but he reached two finals. And so, for this reason, he had to step back. And now there is a guy called Ferrero, which is not involved in football, which he was involved in the board in Ferrero, which is the company that makes Nutella. You know what I mean? So, like, he's another, he's another guy, but because he's from Turin, Alba, there has like, always been a relationship there, so now he's, he's part of uh, the Juventus family. But it was a huge, it's a huge disaster even for Italian media, for Italian TV rights, because let's be honest, if Juventus won't be there or would be... It's happened in 2006, uh, relegated. I think the Italian Italian football uh, will it will die in two seconds because Juventus got 15 million supporters all over Italy. Uh, it's the most followed team in Italy, and the TV rights are paying lots of money also because like the big part is because of Juventus. Uh, nowadays, like yeah, Napoli are flying. Maybe they will win the scudetto. Fair enough, but they don't have the same. They don't have the same supporters. They don't have the same power of Juventus, Inter, and Milan. If like you know what I mean, uh, so if you if uh, Napoli will win this year, it will win the third scudetto of their history after thirty five years. After thirty five years, that they won Juventus, Inter, Milan, AC Milan. So like Italian Serie A is based on those three teams. Uh, so if the, one of these teams. It could be relegated is a massive disaster, especially now because, for example, 
there are no infrastructures, no like property stadiums. Like Juventus was in 2006 was one of uh, the most important teams that they made their own stadium. Uh, the J Stadium now is called the Allianz Stadium because of the sponsor. But like Inter Milan, AC Milan, they are still sharing like the stadium, the old stadium San Siro. I think Cagliari got our own stadium as well, but it's in Serie B, so it's relegated, so it's not in the, uh, in the main uh, league. Uh, I think Udinese got one, but Udinese, I think in Udinese, Udinese, who supports Udinese all over Italy, I think just, and I don't want to be arrogant, but the only guys that support like Udinese are the only one there from Udine, so local, you know what I mean? It could be like Celtic Rangers here, you know what I mean? Uh, like who supports Rangers Celtic all over Scot- or Scotland, like everybody who supports, I don't know, Queens of the Park, you know what I mean? It, it's different, you know, the money are there, money are like Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan, as here, like and Celtic Rangers, the old firm. Uh, so, yeah, and the supporters all over the world. Even in Italy, we support Celtic Rangers. Like Celtic Rangers got 450 million supporters worldwide. And in Italy, even if it's a Catholic uh, country, uh, I know lots of places, like lots of uh, supporters that they support uh, Rangers as well. Uh, but for example, Inter supporters they can't support Celtic, and this is because of the Lisbon Lion in nineteen sixty-seven. So yeah, but that I, I want to I want to give you like a wee information. Um, and that week, Inter Milan lost uh, Champions League against Celtic, and they lost the Scudetto against Mantova uh, because uh, they lost uh, 2-1 against Celtic. Uh, Celtic won the first Champions League in the history, and it was the first team in the history to win a treble. Um, and then Inter, like up five days after, lost the Scudetto, the final game against Mantova, which now is not even there. You know, I mean, I think is like there is not even a Mantova team. So that maybe Inter supporters, they can't support Celtic. Maybe they support Rangers, I don't know. But yeah, this is just because of that. But there is a lot of respect between Celtic and, and Rangers. I do remember one of the, of the best players in, in Inter Milan history, Giacinto Facchetti, that passed away, uh, said that guy, which was Tommy McGamble, was uh, impossible to, to stop. And then, and then Celtic won the... The Champions League, yeah, that one was a wee bit of history of Inter Milan and Celtic, but yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks, Alvo, for, for that insight. So, for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian Football News Roundup. Yeah, so part of the Asian Football News Roundup, um, uh, this morning in South Korea, um, Jürgen Klinsmann finally landed and uh, in Chen Airport and he gave his first press conference to the Korean uh, media and he said his first um, task was to win the Asian Games uh, this summer which was a shock to the, the South Korean fans because the, it's very optimistic considering he's not even met his squad or named his squad he's, he's going to name his squad in the next couple of weeks for that um, so it's a very promising insight into the, his management um, in terms of the the Japanese League on Friday, uh, Yoko Marinos drew 1-1 with San Fretchi Hiroshima. Um, done a match report on that, but it's on the website. And on Saturday, there was a full um, full league card of Kawasaki Frontale 1, Shonan Belmere 1, uh, Albrecht Nagata 2, 
Hokkaido consoled up Sapporo 2, Kyoto Sanga 2, um, FC Tokyo 0, Vassel Kobe 4, uh, Gambo Saka 0, uh, Yokamo FC 1, uh, Kaushantler 3, Avispa Fukuoka 1, Kawashia Racer 0, uh, Sagan Tuso 1, um, Nagoya Grandpass 0, Ura Diamonds 2, and Cerezo Osaka 1. And Vassel Kobe remained the only team with matching points in uh, the J League, considering last season were fighting relegation. It's a fantastic turnaround for them. And in terms of the Korean League on Saturday, there was um, Inchon United 3, Daijon Citizen 3, Suwon FC 1, Huang Steelers 2, uh, Daigu FC 1, Jeju United 1. And on Sunday, there was uh, Gangwon FC 0, Ulsan Hyundai 1, Jumbo FC 1, Suwon Blue Wings 1, and Guangzhou FC 0, FC Seoul 2. And also, I'd like to give a little uh, transfer update. There's a uh, uh, Jung Sang Bin, who's contracted to Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, was on loan at Grasshoppers for the last 18 months. He's been unsuccessful there, barely played, and he's looking like he's going to move permanently to Minnesota United in the MLS. Breaking news here. You heard it first. It's a, can, I ask you, can I ask you a question, please? That's yeah. a, a big a big name that joined the K-League, yeah? So, Klisman. So yeah, Jürgen Klinsman is the new Korea. Why did he join that? For uh, for me, for money, for what? What do you think, so? I think it's because um, he wants to get back at the manager. Obviously, seen him doing punditry. The last job he had was Mainz, like, I think it was two or three years ago, and it was a disaster. But in terms of international management, he had success there. He'd, he'd done well with Germany in 2006. Where yeah, he lost, lost the semi-final. Lost in the semi-final to Italy. Um, and obviously done well with uh, USA in 2014 when he got into the last 16. So he has got a good record in terms of getting nations back to where they, they think they should achieve. And with South Korea, under Paulo Bento, the, the football wasn't great. Um, and they didn't have a lot of the key players although a lot of the players didn't perform it, apart from maybe like Son and Kim and Jay, stuff like that. But um, the talent's there. There's a lot of young talent come through. There's experienced heads there as well. And I think the they'll be aiming for higher than the last 16. They'll be looking, they'll looking to compete in the knockout stages. Um, because South Korea and Asia is like one of the best teams, along with Japan, so they should always qualify for tournaments. And as you see, there's a lot of South Koreans playing abroad, Kim and Jay in Italy, Kang and Lee in Morlocka, Chong Min Son in uh, the Premier League. So, a lot of good players. And um, Clint's been wanting to get, um, he's got four years contract, so he's looking to um, do the World Cup. And I think if he does it successful, then he might stay on. But um, the Asian Games is a warm up for him in the Olympics next year as well. So, be looking to South Korea to uh, do a lot better than the last 16 and get humbled by Brazil. Um, so thanks Pierce and thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Football Chagoo podcast this podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Chagoo YouTube channel and also on the Football Chagoo website thanks to Pierce and Salvo once again uh, it was great to listen to these both and thanks everyone for listening and see you soon thank you thank you bye